Welcome to the C3 Church Global Podcast with Phil Pringle. Phil is the founder and senior leader of C3 Church Global, a family of over 500 churches around the world. We're passionate about bringing you fresh, inspiring devotionals to fuel your day and insightful conversations on all things church and leadership. And it all starts right now. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast devotional on Psalm 126. This is part two. Well, there's only two sections to this devotional. And uh, Psalm 126 relates to us immensely in this time because it is about a great rebuilding. It's about a great restoration. It's about a great recovery. And after COVID and all the lockdowns and isolation and uh, loss of business, loss of life, loss of families and many relationships stretched by various views that people have held, we find ourselves in a need, a great need of recovery and restoration. And I do believe it. I declare it that there will be this rebuilding on your life, that there will be a restoration in your world of things that have been lost. As you look to the Lord, He is the great recoverer. He is the great saviour. He is the great restorer, the great rebuilder. And He anoints us and empowers us in times of loss to be those rebuilders. And that's exactly what this psalm is about and the joy that these believers felt as God finally fulfilled his word that he had spoken of through the prophet Jeremiah, declaring that there would be 70 years in a foreign land, that they'd be deported, that they'd lose their roots in their land because they'd been worshiping false gods and refused to repent and turn back to God in a solid, consistent way. Finally, the words of the prophet came to pass and they were deported and they were in Babylon. And we know of the stories of Daniel in that time as he served four different kings, successors one after the other in the same place. And when he read the words of Jeremiah, he understood that that 70 years were now completed. So he was about 80 when he was thrown into that lion's den for his praying, but the same praying got him out of there. And now a new king had emerged, Cyrus, and Isaiah had prophesied that this man would send the people of God back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. And so he did. He became aware of that story that prophecy, and he commanded the Israelites to return to their homeland and rebuild, which they did. And we read about it in Nehemiah, Ezra, the prophets Zechariah and Haggai were the prophets who encouraged them, urged them, spurred them on in the rebuilding program. Fantastic parts of the Old Testament where we see God rebuilding, recovering and restoring. And that's going to happen in your life. It's going to happen in the lives of all those people who follow Christ, who look to God. Things that have been stolen out of our lives, Jesus works to bring them back. As we follow him, we find the restoration of things that we have lost. And he is that. He is that saviour. 
And it's so amplified in this psalm. So in verse 4, the psalmist says, Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. The first verse says, When the Lord brought back the captives of Zion or brought turned the captivity of Zion. And here again, that word captivity is mentioned. And it's almost saying you're going to be captive to someone in life. Why not be captive to Jesus? Lord, we don't want to be captive to the devil. We'd rather be prisoners of Christ, captives of yours. In the words of Bob Dylan, you got to serve somebody. And we're all going to serve somebody. It's our nature. We are a mix of a master and servant. Who we serve, it's their rule that we implement in our world of dominion. And so as we submit to God, serve him, we will find ourselves implementing his will, his kingdom on earth. So the psalmist is saying, bring back our captivity, make us captive to God. So we don't worship those false gods that got us in all of this problem, all of these problems. Bring back our captivity. Make us, Lord Jesus, prisoners of God, prisoners of hope, prisoners of faith, living pure lives. And then he says, make it happen like the streams in the south. He's referring to the desert, the Negev. And in the times of the spring melts of the snow after winter had finished. And you find that all the snows in the mountains were melting, rushing flash floods and rivers would surge down the dry riverbeds in the desert where there'd be no rain, where there'd be no rivers, no moisture at all. But suddenly, they were filled with water. It wasn't a long, dribbling process. It happened in a moment. And the psalmist is saying, cause us to be returned, restored, rebuilt, and recovered from everything that we have had done to us. Just like that, Lord, like a flash flood of blessing, like a flash flood of victory. The New Living Translation interprets bring back our captivity, O Lord, as restore our fortunes, Lord. And in no uncertain measure, when people through injustice lost their fortunes in the Old Testament, they found them returned, even in the New Testament. It's interesting to see Jesus bring Zacharias to an awakening through just being in his house. He simply said, I'm going to have dinner at your house. I'm going to have lunch at your house today, Zacharias. And when he came into his house, the presence of Jesus so convicted Zacharias that he said, you know what? I'm going to restore fourfold all that I've taken unlawfully of people as a tax collector, and I'm going to give the rest to the poor. How amazing would that have been that day in that town? 
I think a greater revival would have broken out in that town that day than any of the other towns where there were great miracles. Zacharias walking down the streets of his town, knocking on the doors of people he knew he'd ripped off as a corrupt tax collector, taking money for the Romans, which made him despised by all of the Jewish people, but then also doubling the amount and putting half of it in his back pocket. He became an extremely wealthy man because of his corruption. And now that he had come right and gotten right with God, all that had been taken from those people in that town unjustly was returned to them, and even more so, four times more. People would have been rejoicing, the poor suddenly feeling the joy of a wealthy man just simply blessing them. Dancing would have filled the streets, same as in this psalm. They would have begun to dream and laugh and sing the songs of Zion. Restore our fortunes, O Lord. God is a restorer of fortunes. And those people who have suffered loss during COVID, at any level, when we look to the Lord, we can anticipate that he will restore whatever has been lost. Psalm 126 verse 5 says, Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. What a, great, what a great promise. This is saying that the people who haven't allowed circumstances to dictate their disciplines, their devotions, their following of Jesus, but they've continued to sow their life into God, even though it's been difficult. They've continued at church, even when it was challenging. They've continued in Scripture, even though it was challenging. They've continued listening to podcasts like this, even though it was sometimes hard to hear positive news when there was only negatives happening. But they continued to sow in tears. And even more so, people who continued to give, and to be generous and to tithe and to bless the kingdom of God, to bless the church, to be faithful to God, to honour Him with their finances. It says, these people shall reap in joy, even though we sowed in tears. That is a principle of Scripture. How much more is it a principle when it is carried out under difficult circumstances? Verse 6, the last verse of this psalm, says, He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. It's, it's obvious in the New Testament that the seed, when it is mentioned, is not giving us agricultural lessons. Jesus mentions the seed is the word of God in Luke 8.11. So the seed is the word of God. But also Paul says the seed is finances in 1 Corinthians 9, very clearly, unmistakably. And when we have gone forth weeping, feeling this is challenging, this is hard, I'm in negative circumstances, but instead of becoming 
self-occupied and self-absorbed with my own pain rather than going into my own world and wanting it all to be about me. I've gone forth, gone out of myself, and I've borne seed for sowing, bringing the Word of God to people and bringing finances for people. Both are considered seed. Well, the Scripture says that I will doubtless come again with rejoicing. Even though I've been sad and had tears, they will not last forever. No trial is going to last forever. Even though there's sorrow in the night, joy will come in the morning. Following Christ includes suffering, includes pain. Anybody who tries to tell you any different is not telling you the truth. Jesus said, take up your cross, follow me. Even though we might be in painful circumstances, though, the joy we have is irrepressible. It is a fountain unblocked in, inside of us. Jesus says the, the river or the water that I give you to drink shall become within you a fountain. So we drink this water from heaven, but then it becomes a bubbling fountain inside our soul bringing energy and life, wisdom and joy, love, hope and faith. It bubbles up this life from within because we have a born-again spirit. And we find ourselves, instead of complaining, which only de-energizes us, which quenches the Holy Spirit and therefore snuffs out all of that life and energy that God has got for us, Instead of complaining, we are praising. We go forth and we, we, we sow that seed of praise under difficult circumstances. We will doubtless come again with rejoicing, with happiness, with the power of God on us. And I have no doubt, as this psalmist has, the laws of God cannot be broken, that those who sow shall reap that it is a law in our lives that cannot but be fulfilled. So without a doubt, he's saying, you're going to come again. You're going to get be restored. You're going to be recovered. You're going to find yourself coming again with rejoicing, bringing your sheaves in your arms, meaning your arms will be full of the harvest. So many more people will be coming into the house of God, Pastor. Pastors will see many people who were lost returning, people who drifted find their way back into the house of God, people whose families have been broken up because of whatever reason are going to find them reunited and recovered. Business owners who have lost business and money will find a way through into a better day, a new day. And in some ways, there's going to be a day when we look back on everything that has taken place, not just in recent days, but all through our life, the good times and the bad, the difficult and the easy. And we will say, thank you, Lord, because we are bringing sheaves of blessing with us because of all that God has done in our world. God bless you. I look forward to talking again with you soon on another devotional. Bye now. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the C3 Church Global Podcast. Let us know what you thought by leaving a review and connect with us on Instagram at C3 Church Global. We hope you'll be back real soon.